Welcome to Healthy Choices with your host, Ray Solano from Austin, Texas. We're ready for your calls right now. Call in toll-free at 877-956-9566. Now, here's your host, Ray Solano. Well, welcome to Healthy Choices XM as we're broadcasting live from Austin, Texas. I'm your host, Ray Solano. We welcome all of our new listeners. If you just tuned in for the first time, our show focuses on the choices you have in healthcare and how you can make educated choices in your daily routine that we think can really change your life. Phone number is 877-956-9566. Or you can always text us at 512-219-0724. And check out our website, healthychoicesxm.com, for all of our past broadcasts and also our special features. You can check out on our on our page as well for the items that are listed in our show and also our special exclusive formula that even is very appropriate for today's show, our male vitality kits that are going to be important for us as we go through our discussion today. I'd like to thank our sponsors of our radio show, Prescription Dispensing Labs, better known as PD Labs, for the support of this integrative medicine radio network, discovering Make sure we're understanding the discovery of root causes of many conditions. Check out our website, pdlabsrx.com. For more information on the patented prescription formulas to treat symptoms from mold, Lyme, Pyrone's disease, traumatic brain injuries, and many more. And joining us today is Dr. Anthony Capasso, MD, founder and medical director of Thin MD Spa, located in Jacksonville, Florida. Dr. Capazzo is nationally recognized as a leader in functional medicine, and he's an expert, I believe, in, in men's health and sports medicine. And we're really privileged to have him join us today to discuss the topic of today's program, Why Men Don't Seek a Doctor. This weekend, we saw a Wall Street Journal featured full-length article on this topic, and we chose this subject to educate our listeners on this important subject. So, Dr. Capazzo, welcome to Healthy Choices XM. Ray, thank you so much for having me on this evening. And, and Dr. Capasso, I know we, we talked about the article earlier today, and as you saw, the article started out that men are notoriously bad patients, and they're much worse than women. And, you know, maybe you can tell us why is it, and tell us your secret to motivate men to get treatment and, and to actually practice some prevention medicine. So I don't think men... I think that was just a great headline um, to get the point across that men typically don't seek health care. And, um, and the article was, was, um, was, was pretty good in regards to, you know, why those reasons, you know, that we, we uh, as men don't go to the physician as much. And I think a lot of it is integrated into us at a young age. Um, but what I, what I would say is, is that the majority of the men that, that see me, um, come in for kind of a variety of reasons. Um, one, their wife pushes them into into the door and says, "Hey, you know, I'm here. I don't know why I'm really here, but I need to get I need to get checked up, um, you know, because that's what my wife wants me to do." Um, and then, you know, the other reasons that I'll see, which the article really did mention, is a lot of companies are giving um, free money uh, in the form of HSA. Um, accounts at businesses if they go in and get their annual screenings with their physician. Hmm. So they'll come into the office, I'll fill out their paperwork, we'll do their blood work, we'll do a, a physical exam on them, and, you know, a lot of them are getting any, you know, an upwards of $500 just to come in once a year in their HSA, which I think is a great way of motivating men. 
Um, but, you know, in general, the article went through, you know, as you know, basically says that, you know, men skip screenings and, um, you know, they die on average five years sooner. Um, and they and and there are much higher uh, rates um, with them, you know, living kind of uh, sick and not really saying much about it. And, uh, and, and probably, and I agree with what the article states, is that, you know, we're kind of bred to um, to play through to, to to kind of play through pain, you know, you know, in sports, basically no pain, no gain. That's kind of drilled right, into right. us as, as as young kids. And um, and the other thing is is that you know after we see a pediatrician, which is pretty much forced on by our moms, we don't have access to um, a healthcare provider until usually someone you know a close friend has uh, about with. Uh, cancer or a heart attack, and then they're in the door saying, "Hey, I need to get screened." Um, so, you know, that's the other thing that that I'll see is that you know, if it's a new patient coming and like, "Why are you here today to see me?" and um, uh, you know, that's that may be one of the drivers. So they're, they're not coming. They're not coming in for the sniffles. They're they're coming in for something uh, um, pretty serious. Well, no, not necessarily. I mean, I think if you're if they're really sick and they're not getting better, you know, right. um, they're you know, guys are just much more stoic, right? They're they're not going right. to complain, and, um, and and when they do show up, they usually there's a reason that they're there, um, especially if they if they haven't established. And the second part of your question was, you know, you know, the approach, and I think the approach, you know, this, you know, kind of how I look at it with with um, any patient that walks through my door, um, and, and this includes men, is is I want to understand. What's happening? So, so the part two of it, um, the question was, well, what is my approach to patients that come into my office? And the approach doesn't differ between men and women. Um, the most important thing is, is I understand what's what's going on when they walk through the door. If they've got no complaints, then what I usually do is get you know a, a really good history, understand kind of their lifestyle, their nutrition, their habits, um, and I get very extensive lab work, and it helps me to understand what risks that this patient has when they, you know, when we're reviewing it for a follow-up. And that's what I tell them. I said, we're just going to, we're going to get some information. After I look at the information, we're going to go through it together. And, um, and, and if there's something that, that um, I think that we need to address, then we'll come up with a, a game plan to address whatever these issues are. Um, so that's, you know, that's the approach. And I think it works really, really good because, you know, it's more of a partnering with patients instead of, you know, going, oh, your cholesterol is high and you need to, you know, decrease um, X, Y, and Z, which typically is not going to happen. It's not going to motivate patients. But when they come back and, and, and they see how extensive of, of lab work and you're reviewing it and you're just you're coming up and saying, hey, this is what I think we need to do based on what I see, you know, you're at, you know, pretty high risk for this. We need to approach this. So, um, so you, it, it's, you're taking a, a softer approach and consultative approach as opposed to a dictatorial approach because they're, they're afraid that they know that they've done things wrong. They guess they don't want to be preached that uh, they have poor lifestyle choices. But you know, it sounds like you're helping them as opposed to just telling them. Is that, does that sound reasonable, One, what I'm hearing? 100, yeah, 100%. And, um, you know, because, it, you know, the, that, that way doesn't work. You know, they're, no, no one wants to come in and say, oh, you're bad and you shouldn't be eating or drinking the way you are. I mean, right. come on, we, 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 in our country, 90% of the people that walk in my door, I shouldn't say that. It's probably not that high. It's probably more in the 70 to, to 80%. Um, you know, their habits aren't, aren't, aren't great. And, um, and it's hard. It's hard because 
you know, we've talked about this previously. It's so easy to eat bad in this country. Um, and, uh, <laughs> um, you know, the, the old uh, going into a casino and expecting to win, you know, I kind of call it the, uh, you know, walking out your door and, um, and, you know, you've got so much bad food around That's you. That's right. So many, so many easy things that will drive, um, you know, bad habits. And the stress that we deal with, you know, we're, we're, I mean, everyone that walks in my door is stressed. They don't sleep right. And if you don't, you know, address those issues, it doesn't matter what else you do because everything else is not going to work right, you know. Um, so you have to take, you have to, you have to look at those and really um, that has to be part of your overall plan is that balance. Well, one, one of the things that was also, we're talking about the Wall Street Journal article talking about why men do not see a doctor or don't see a doctor. And one of the things, the approaches that they, they showed is the types of waiting rooms. And, for instance, yeah. urologist offices. And, you know, we uh, at PD Labs, uh, we work with a lot of urologists uh, around the country. And, you, and it, unfortunately, a lot of these offices uh, are not very friendly to young men or not friendly to men in, that are healthy, they're really, they're really programmed for people that are very, very senior, I should say. So it's, the, the article was going on to their approach of their waiting rooms and they're making their, their offices like uh, boardrooms. Give me your opinion of that. Is that something that works or is that just a fad? Um, you know, I, I think anything that is going to help people um, get engaged in their own health is a good thing. However, you know, when I read that portion of it, I was like, you know, I mean, you're going to a physician's office. I don't care what it is as long as it looks clean and uh -huh. you're getting and, and you get treated right. I, I think most guys probably don't care too much about what that environment is. But, um, you know, I, I think that's an interesting um, angle to help drive. And I think I think it's all in all fine. I mean, I don't have an issue with that. I think most medical offices are, are need to be updated. Um, you know, they, they're 20 to 30 years old, up, you know, updating and especially primary care offices where there's not really a lot of extra money to, to pump into, um, uh, you know, the aesthetics of your office. Um, you know, you're, you're not, you're not going to see that things look old. And, and I think patients don't understand that, that concept, but I, in general, that's kind of, you know, an interesting thing. And I think, that I think medical offices in general should be um, much more upscale um, and, and friendlier versions. Um, the other interesting thing, you know, that they mentioned, which was kind of neat, was um, how they're using tech to kind of engage, um, you know, um, whether it's, you know, not going in to see a physician in telemedicine to, um, um, you know, just having more social media kind of driven. And I think for the younger populations that, you know, their main form of communication is through their phones. I think this is mm -hmm. a, a great way of, of engaging them. Um, and the, the one thing that, that I don't think should be the driver, but I think, I mean, the main driver, but I think is a good driver. They talked about hospitals having these urology centers for men, kind of men focus center. Right. Um, we have we have women's centers, right? Why not have uh, men's centers, right? Yeah, but I don't think it should be driven by urology. And this is, you know, mm -hmm. and, and the the main reason is um, because I'm an internist, of course. But the main reason is is that um, most urologists aren't trained in um, diabetes management, thyroid management, and right. you know some of the other things. Um, so I think that if you're going to have a men's center, it should be driven by. 
um, an internist or someone who is able to, um, you know, to, to, to be able to evaluate on multiple levels and treat on multiple levels. But I thought it was, you know, I thought it was a great way of, of, of bringing in that awareness. And, you know, like I said, because most men won't, won't come into the office unless they're having some, some sexual dysfunctions, some prostate issues. Or, like I said, if it's a, a close friend, um, you know, had a, had a, um, a scare or a death, you know, then they're more likely to come, come through the door. Well, let's talk about the uh, sexual dysfunction and the erectile dysfunction. One of the articles uh, was talking about the only reason why they uh, they are reaching out to men is for erectile dysfunction topics. And it, as we both know, uh, especially you as a functional medicine practitioner, this could be a a really a symptom of a bigger problem, cardiovascular disease. So it seems to be a lack of education into the causes of many of these problems that it could be a symptom for other things that are much more important, aren't they? Yeah, of course. I mean, if, you know, when one of my patients comes in and says, look, I'm having some ED issues, and, and sometimes it'll come in specifically for that, but usually not. Usually they're coming in for other things, and right before they're walking out, it's like, by the way, doc, you know, I'm not yeah. – I'm having some problems, right? And and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but you know, the first thing that comes to mind is that is that okay? If they've got a potential, um, you know, if they've got some erectile issues, there's the potential for blockages down there. Like if there's not enough blood flow, and so that's one of the you know the main things for we need to evaluate your heart because you may have underlying coronary artery disease, um, you know, and, and there's a lot of reasons for having ED, right? High blood pressure diabetes, being overweight, um, psychological issues, depression. So there's a, you know, so it opens up the window for a whole lot of different um, uh, um, places that we can start an evaluation or at least understand why this is occurring and, and hopefully take care of it. Let me read through a couple of the statistics that were listed here. I thought that was quite quite interesting. It said that only 60% of the men go to the doctor for a routine checkup. 53% of the men say they say that their health just isn't something that they talk about. 35% of the men say they are comfortable talking with their friends about injuries from sports or other guys' activities. And only 12% of the men say they would turn to a doctor first for a health issue versus 48% would turn to a spouse or partner. Interesting, isn't it? So it, it appears that there's still a lot of uh, barriers between uh, uh, practitioners and actually having this conversation or this, uh, I guess, a, a informal conversation with their patients, isn't there? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it's cultural. You know, we're like like I mentioned earlier, we're raised um, not to complain about pain. Um, you know, we're raised not to talk about our emotions or feelings, and it's considered a sign of weakness. So, um, you know, it's it, so you don't expect something different to occur as you get older. <laughs> you know, once those <laughs> once, once those habits are, are drilled in, you know, it's it, it's going to be um, you know that's you know that, and that's the norm. But there's there like I said, there are ways, and and I'm happy that they're looking at alternative ways to engage um, more men, um, you know, in, you know, to, to really get evaluated for health. One of the things that I would say is that, you know, if any of our listeners, if you have an early family history of heart disease, um, you definitely need to come in soon 
and really take a look at um, your, you know, your cardio, your cardiovascular markers like an advanced lipid panel and inflammatory markers, your diabetic markers, because um, you're much more likely um, to have a problem. In fact, I would tell you that I'm, more, I'm much more aggressive in that in that um, group um, to treat. Um, and, and I don't like, you know, as you know, Ray, I don't like treating with medications, but um, in, in certain subpopulations, and that's one of them, um, I'm, I'm more likely to be aggressive with cholesterol lowering. Um, you know, I'm always aggressive with sugar lowering because that's one of the main drivers for why um, heart disease progresses, dementia progresses, um, your risk for cancer goes up. So I'm very aggressive at treating that with natural approaches, not necessarily medicines, because I think the majority of patients, if they're caught early enough, don't need to be on medications, right? And, and that's what that's I tell right. my patients. Like, like, I'm not there to prescribe a medicine. I'm there to educate, um, to help you get engaged in your own health, because I, I, I you know, I don't feel, I mean, I'm, I shouldn't have to dictate, well, you need to do this, this, this. This is, hey, here's what I'm seeing. This is what to expect if you don't do anything. And what we want to do is we want to avoid these things. We want to get your body running good to heal itself. And, and that's that's the approach that I think that um, a lot of my patients really, really like. And that's why they come and see me. Well, let me break it down for just, just a second. When you said about when people have a history of cardiovascular uh, disease in their family, maybe you can quantify that a little bit more what you know exactly what we're talking about and what age group uh, should we be really concerned to getting some help well you know um the positive family history is you know anywhere from the 40s to 60s as far as i'm concerned or you know anytime there there's been an acute heart attack and and whether um there's a death that results from it or just having a heart attack at a young age Okay. Um, that, te- that tells me there's some genetic issues going on. And right. the problem when you've got genetic issues is that you have to be um, way above the curve in regards to how you eat, your lifestyle. Um, and even then, um, we may need to medicate um, to lower your risk. So, um, and, and the problem that we run into, and this is the biggest issue that I see, and this is something that I realized, uh, you know, a long, long time ago, is that if you look at just like at a regular cholesterol panel, um, I get about 20 to maybe 30% information. There's, there's two markers that mean something to me on a regular cholesterol. One is the good cholesterol called the HDL. If that is low, I know that you're at risk. And then the second thing is your triglycerides. And triglycerides are the sugars and fats that are in your bloodstream and, and very, very dependent for most of the people on what they eat. So if you're eating a lot of dairy, if you're eating a lot of simple sugars in your diet, you're going to have high triglycerides, which will cause your good cholesterol to um, to get smaller. And because of that, you lose a good cholesterol through the kidneys, through the filtration, and your numbers get lower. And that really puts you at high risk. And, um, you know, what I'm talking about is what we call metabolic syndrome. That's, you know, runs in families. And if you've got those types of, of, of numbers, what we see is typically – um, four times um, the risk for diabetes and twice the risk for heart disease. So, you know, and, and that only gives me a little bit of information. And then I, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I like looking at the advanced panels, looking at particle numbers, looking at the the inflammatory markers. Um, and there's several inflammatory markers like the, the, the super sensitive uh, C-reactive protein 
Um, there's one called um, ox LDL or oxidized LDL. In other words, are, is your bad cholesterol inflamed, right? And there's another one called LP um, LP little A, which is a genetic marker. And there's one called LPPLA2, which is an artery inflammation marker. So I usually look at all of those because if those are elevated, I know that I need to be more aggressive. Um, and it's going to start nutritionally. And then if we can't get it down, then we're going to look at um, maybe some some nutrients that can lower um, bad cholesterol. And then if that doesn't work, then maybe we're looking at um, some, you know, prescription medication. So, you know, for, just to summarize what you're what – what you're telling us is it's more than just what your total cholesterol number is. And then it's also more than just what your uh, blood sugar levels are. It has to do with your triglyceride levels, and it has to do with your particle levels of your individual, of all the lipids. So that's, it's more important to get that snapshot uh, from, from your testing. But it's also, it sounds like your approach is you're giving them a roadmap to, to run on, and you're not going to come and change their lifestyle on the first visit. And I think that's what a lot of men don't want to do is they just, you know what, it's too difficult to change. And it, there's there's I, another approach to that, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to change until I until everything's in front of me. Like I don't want to I don't want to make an opinion about someone's health until I have as much information as I can. Um, and then and then it's like I said, it's a partnership, right? I mean, I'm, I'm there to educate. I'm there to help. Um, you know, I, I realize that people aren't going to be um, vegetarians or vegans, um, you know, because, you know, you know, there's definitely a, a benefit from a cardiovascular standpoint, uh, the less animal products that we eat. Um, and I don't expect, you know, my patients to do that. What You know, I want them to be engaged in their health. If I can get them engaged in their health, then I've, I, I'm, I know that my percent of, of wellness for them is going to be much, much higher across the board and that sounds it sounds normal i mean this is something that's a part of a program they'll meet with you and they'll be engaged with your practice and how often should they be coming back or this is something that's a it's ongoing visits correct yeah i mean it really depends you know if 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 everything comes back normal um you know once a year for their annual um, i think is perfect but if you come back and you've got an elevated a1c and sugars, um, uh, elevated insulin, which suggests that you know you you've got some problems managing your carbohydrates, your starches, and your sugars in your diet. You know, basically early diabetes, you're coming back much sooner. You know, every three months at a at a uh, maximum, um, depending on what's going on. So we can we can make sure that um, you know we get those those benefits and and improvements. So would it be safe to say that people really should start with uh, sugars, intakes of sugars, the things that are easy to be, I think they're easy to take out of the diet. Uh, it seems to be the incubator for so many other conditions, and we just eat uh, too much sugar on a, on a daily basis. But that's that's probably this, the lighter fluid that starts everything. Would you agree? A hundred percent. And so, you know, if, if you're overweight, I mean, let's because we want to be specific, if you're overweight, um, I'd say 85% of the patients that come in have an issue with how they manage their their carbohydrates, their sugars, their starches. And, and the other thing is that sugars, your breads, which are your starches, the, the term carbohydrates, they all mean sugars. And there's this big disconnect with most people when they come in, they don't understand that fruit is sugar, that juices are sugar, that bread is sugar, that potatoes are sugar. 
And, you know, the, the two things that I would suggest is, number one, just cut back on, you know, just reduce the size of your meals if you're overweight, just doing that. And then really replace those bad carbohydrates with the healthy carbohydrates, which are greens and colorful vegetables. And just by doing that alone, you've made some, some incredible changes. Your body's going to feel much better. You're going to be much, you know, less sluggish. Your brain will function better. Um, and you'll start to see that weight, you know, kind of rapidly come off. Um, and, and, and I would tell you that that's the majority of what I see. It's a, an issue with early diabetes, elevated insulin, um, elevated cortisol driving the system from poor sleep and stress at work or at home. Um, so you're, you're absolutely right. Sugar is one of the big drivers. And there's, we talked, I, I mentioned earlier this marker called the hemoglobin A1C. And the hemoglobin A1C is our diabetic marker. Um, and hemoglobin is a molecule that carries oxygen that kind of floats through our bloodstream. And, the, you know, and this, this hemoglobin A1C is looking at how much sugar is attached to this protein that's floating around. And what we know is there's a direct correlation with as that hemoglobin A1C goes up, your risk for heart attacks, strokes, dementia, and cancer all go up. So it is one of the biggest drivers for a lot of our kind of what we call age-related or chronic diseases that we see in this country. So you're absolutely right. If you take the approach of really looking at your diet first, you can really prevent a lot of these illnesses that we shouldn't be dealing with. Dr. Capazzo, going back to the, the article, one of the topics we're talking about the explosion in testosterone usage as a as a start to getting men's health. It seems to all be triggered during this wave of, uh, of discussion of erectile dysfunction. But it, it's much more than putting hormones back in their diet if the foundations are not, uh, are not there. But they're looking at this. The use of testosterone is tripled from 2001 to 2011. Give me your opinion on that, that statistic, please. Sure. So, um, and, I, and I, I treat a lot of, of men and women both with hormone um, um, issues. And so I would tell you that the amount of patients coming in, especially men, that have low testosterone is, I mean, it's like an epidemic, right? So the question is always why. Like, why is this occurring? Um, and there's a whole slew of things, right? Um, we, we, I talk about sleep being one of the big drivers. High cortisol can affect it. Um, there are some minerals, low zinc, low magnesium. I mean, I, I, I see that. Um, and just by improving sleep, making sure that their magnesium and zinc levels are better, their testosterone improves. Um, and then you have to look at medications. Um, there, are, there are a lot of medicines on the market that can affect testosterone. One is the cholesterol medicines, the statins, that group. Um, there's, there's antibiotics like doxycycline um, that can affect it. Um, so there's a lot of meds that affect it. And then um, environmental toxicities, especially plastics. So plastics and, and things like BPA, um, we call xenoestrogen. So they're a chemical that kind of acts like uh, and they're basically hormone disruptors for our bodies. And the amount of, of these plastics that... Um, you know, that we, that I find in my patients, you know, it's, it's a fair amount. And so I think that's playing a big role too. So what's happened is, is that, you know, um, we get older, we put some weight on, we start feeling fatigued. 
um, you know, and guys see, oh, testosterone, you're low in testosterone, everything is testosterone driven, so they go get some testosterone and, and yeah, they'll get a honeymoon where they'll feel good, but they may not 100% need it. The thing that scared me when I was reading that, you know, reading the, the Wall Street article was, you know, they mentioned, I think, an upwards of 40% of the guys on T that go to these low T clinics didn't even have their testosterone levels tested. That's wow. pretty scary. That's pretty that scary. Is scary. So, so I, I read that and I was like, wow, um, you know, how could, how could you do that? Um, and then the other, the other things with testosterone is, and, and you mentioned those, those rates where between 2001 and 11, you know, there was three times the amount of testosterone prescriptions written. And then in, in 2013, there was a couple of articles that came out that said, hey, if, if you, um, if you took testosterone, you had higher risk for um, heart disease and strokes. And so there was a, you know, that, that amount diminished a little bit after, um, you know, between 2013 and 16. And so one of the things that goes into an evaluation, whether um, a man needs to be on testosterone or not, one are, you know, we talked about the lifestyle changes, which are super important. Um, and the other has to do with, their their lipids right and and these studies what they were looking at were there were men that were over the age of 65 that got on testosterone replacement and so if you're putting um, someone on testosterone replacement over the age of 65 you better well know what their their uh, lipid panels are looking like and right. and have those things evaluated and treated because I I think you're at risk uh, not at risk but I, I think that that um, that it's just not good medicine, right? Um, like, you know, we should be focusing on the cardiovascular because that's probably why they have the ED in the first place, right? Exactly. Um, Imagine that. You know, Sounds right. too easy, doesn't it? <laughs> right, right, exactly. You know, it's part of it. And the other thing, it's like when I look at when I look at some of the guys that come into my practice, I can tell you that my older my older men that exercise on a regular basis and get at least eight hours of sleep at night have much higher testosterone levels. Um, and I've got several, um, you know, several of my older patients that are very, very active that, um, you know, their, their testosterone levels are, you know, in that thousand range, which um, it's just amazing, you know. And, and so I'm, I'm always inquiring, so what are you eating? <laughs> what type of food, you know, um, you know, what are you doing? And, and because it's, it's important for me to, to be able to convey their lifestyle to some of my patients that have lower levels to be able to help them um, if there's something that's consistent across those patients that are doing that. But I'll tell you that um, any type of exercise will help. Sleep is very, very important, making sure that your stress hormones like cortisol are low. I mean, those are the three things. And then, and then ensuring you've got, you know, the right nutrients for the, um, you know, for the testosterone to work in your body and to get produced. So in summary, testosterone is not the fountain of youth that uh, it may be portrayed by some of these centers. Uh, it's, it's a hormone if it's low, but there's, it needs to be put at the normal levels. And I think that's important to, to meet with practitioners that know uh, the balance that's required, right? Yeah, I mean, you, you, you absolutely. Um, but testosterone does have a lot of healthy protective effects too. So, you know, if you do have low testosterone, you have a lot of symptoms, and you've gone through those lifestyle changes, um, and they've looked at extensive blood work because there's not just testosterone that we look at. There's, there's, there's three or four different um, markers that we look at to make sure that, you know, we know what's happening. Um, and estrogens you know, too, right? Uh, high levels well, of estrogens. 
high levels of estrogen. So there's an enzyme that converts testosterone to estrogen called aromatase. And if you're, if you're zinc deficient, you'll convert more testosterone to estrogen. So that's, you know, mm. one of the reasons that we like zinc is because it keeps your testosterone at bay. But we know that men that have higher testosterone, um, you know, they've got um, less uh, dementia, less heart disease. Um, and if you're diagnosed with prostate cancer and your testosterone's low, the outcomes are worse. Wow. Um, so there's definitely a protective effect of testosterone in the body, and that's why a lot of guys feel really, really good on it, um, you know, to get that. But, you know, you, you, you just definitely want to be with someone who um, really understands how to, how to uh, evaluate and treat hormone, um, you know, dysfunctions. Well, doctor, I want you to go through some of your choices for supplements. But before we get to that, I want to. One of the topics that they talked about is getting the spouses involved. And in, in the areas we work with in the pharmacy, we we get many of the questions for men's health being uh, started with the conversations for for women. And it's, the article says that eighty three percent of the women are encouraged to they're getting involved with their spouse's health. Do you see that statistic as well that the spouse are taking oh. charge of their men's oh. of their husband's health 100 percent 100 percent yeah you know why'd you come in my wife told me i needed to come in to see you <laughs> <laughs> I've, been, I've been putting this off for the last 15 years you know <laughs> but you know the, the other thing that the, it said was that 30 percent of the guys um um after their wife said hey you need to go see the doctor said you know i don't need to go so I mean, okay. there's still yeah. a, a, a you know a third of them that said yeah, I still don't want to see the doctor. Um, I guess they're scared of us. I don't know. Oh, I, well, I think they're scared of that. Their the changes of their well, the, the rubber gloves. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> one of them. Uh, that they're gonna right. they're going to be uh, they're gonna have to give up all their vices and they're going to have to uh, make they're going to they're going to be an unhappy lifestyle afterwards and one of the sometimes with patients when we talk to them is that they laugh and they go to the other extreme well that means that the only thing i'm going to eat in the rest of my life is kale and brussels sprouts and and, and broccoli so they they, they think it, nothing is nothing is going to be ever good again right well that it will it may also be that you know, if they go see the physician, the physician tells them exactly what their wife's been telling them for the last decade. They don't want to have to get from their wife that, hey, I told you so, <laughs> which is probably up there on that list. Well, you know, one of the things we did on our, in our radio spot on XM Radio, we talked about Dunlop's disease. And you know what Dunlop's disease is, uh, right? Yeah, when, when your stomach Dunlop over your pants. Dunlop, yeah. and, and it, you have to probably, the men suffering from furniture disease and Dunlop's disease, they don't need spouses to figure that out. That it seems like something happened in our society. If you looked in in the uh, pictures of the 40s and 30s, it wasn't very prominent, uh, maybe because everybody was starving. But uh, I think that... Uh, that's a good indication of abdominal fat is you told us before many times that a, a belly fat is such a big indicator of health. So you don't need a lot of uh, uh, people and a lot of tests to realize, just look down that you may have a problem, right? hundred percent. Agree with you hundred percent. Yeah. That's one of the ma major signs of metabolic um, disorder. And if you've got a big belly, um, you know, you, you probably have early diabetes um, or, uh, cortisol issues, or or maybe you just 
you know, eat too much. <laughs> eat too much. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe. It's, it's not maybe just beer. It's that. not just beer, right? It's not yeah, just a beer exactly. belly, right? Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, well, doctor, you know, you we pra- you practice what you preach. You know, anybody that that has met you or uh, looks on your website, we're going to get that information from you. You you practice what you pre- what you for yourselves and your appearance, and that's that. That's what we want people. That's the type of uh, a practitioner you're looking for. But you also put together a very effective nutritional or supplement program. Maybe if you can uh, tell our listeners what you've put together because it's it's truly is extraordinary um well i think i i think when it comes to to um you know nutritional uh event, you know what i what i'll recommend for patients a lot of it's based on um you know nutrient testing that i do and kind of what i see from all the um the metabolic testing you know from that so I can't tell you there's a specific thing that I do on everyone, um, you know, that's the same. You know, with the exception of um, a mitochondrial supplement that I know we've talked about a multitude of times, just because, um, you know, for our listeners, you know, mitochondria are the kind of the powerhouses, our batteries of our cells, and they're involved with pretty much every disease. Um, they're involved with hormone regulation like testosterone and estrogen. We've been talking about that. Calcium regulation, our metabolisms. If your metabolism is slow, your mitochondria aren't working right. Um, you know, focus, energy, you know, brain disorders. I mean, you name it, there's mitochondrial dysfunction, you know, if, if there's a process that's not working right. So I feel that the approach should always be looking at the root cause. And if you focus on um, improving the cell's health, through nutrients, exercise, sleep, um, what happens is the cells start to respond and repair themselves, and, and you don't need to be on medications, and you abort diseases. And, I mean, I, I kind of backed into this. You know, we mentioned this previously on other shows, um, and I, I can tell you that, that the reason that I practice much more functional medicine is after I formulated um, my mitochondrial supplement called Mitoblast, I, I wasn't getting sick anymore. I used to get two to three sinus infections a year. Um, I used to have chronic allergies and exercise-induced asthma. I don't have any of those problems anymore. And it's amazing because, you know, I'm around a lot of sick people, um, and it, it really helped keep my body lean, my metabolism up. And um, so I look at it as, wow, this really, really helped me. I need to, I need to bring this out to, to more people because it doesn't make sense for me to keep it a secret. Um, and that's, and that's it, the Mitoblast 2, is that, that's the name of yeah, it, correct? Yeah, yeah Mitoblast 2, um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's been a great, like I said, a great, uh, um, a great, uh, a, a, a great discovery, you know, that, that you can focus on this part of your health with nutrition, and it really starts to over time, and it, it, it took a little while, you know, probably about three months of being on it before I really, really noticed um the, the those health benefits, right? I mean, I noticed energy within the first two weeks, um, and endurance was incredible when I was when I was exercising. But the health benefits, that you, you know, it was much more like three months, uh, four months down the road of being on it and continually taking it. It, it. it that's for men and women, Mitoblast two, and exactly. we have found that many times. I use it myself, and it's almost you yeah. don't want to start your day without, especially you know if you've got a long week or you're t- if you're uh, taking a lot of road trips. There's nothing more stressful than 
planes, trains, and automobiles, as they say, but in, in, in hotels. So this is something that we have uh, a lot of patients that come to us and say, I can't believe this is, is giving my energy uh, back. And I think you, you coined it as energy in a bottle. Energy in a bottle, yeah. Exactly. Exercise, exercise in a bottle, rather. Excuse me. Yeah. So yeah. you know, it, it, it's it's something that's that's safe for everyone. And, and also, you put together a, a ketone drink that exogenous keto that's very safe that can be used in combination. Correct. Yeah, exactly. Um, ketones are very good for mitochondrial health, and um, and because I run um, nutrition centers and we deal with um, weight loss, one of the programs was. Um, a, a healthy version of the keto keto diet, and so you know there's there's good data that taking exogenous ketones with uh, healthy fats like MCTs can help really um, kickstart your metabolism and get those mitochondria functioning very very well, and that's what we've seen clinically. And MCTs are those medium chain yeah. triglycerides that are the active ingredient in the coconut oil. And it's very safe, and it, it, but it, it, it gets rid of yeah, ke, uh, ketogenesis. Uh, and it's nice tasting powder. Uh, excuse me, lemon flavored. It's it's perfect to getting off of the sugar habit. I think this is one of the things that we've seen many times is people say, "How do I stop the cravings for sugar?" And we found that just the first uh, the first drink, they they realize that they can stop that uh, that that those tremendous cravings for sugars. That's unfortunately some of the, the biggest battles men and women have to overcome. So a combination of those two is, is a great start, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it, it really is, especially for, for uh, you know, getting those mitochondria woken up again, 100%. Well, in our in our closing moments, we want to make sure we get your contact information and also your website uh, for for your products. You can also go to uh, pdlabsrx.com. But people always want to know how to get a hold of you and uh, also to uh, see if you're still taking new patients. Yeah, so uh, my website is thin t h i n m d medspa.com. That's thinmedspa.com. Um, phone number is area code 904-694-0992. And um, absolutely, I'm, I am taking new patients. And we have uh, an executive um, uh, coaching plan that I work one-on-one with a very small number of patients to really get their health turned around. And I think the important thing is your practice is that you know, we have patients that tell us the the white glove uh, care that you give all your patients. I mean, it's 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 five stars. They're always happy. They're always able. You're able to be in touch with them. They're. It's not an absentee uh, practice. You are involved with all your patients, and that's what people really are looking for. So we appreciate yeah. the work that you do. Thank you. Uh, so your your website again for for our listeners. Sure, it's thin t h i n m d medspa dot com. medspa dot com. And your your best phone number for them to reach you again? Area code nine zero four six nine four zero nine nine two. That's nine zero four six nine four zero nine nine two. 
Well, Doctor, we want to thank you for your time today. And uh, as always, you can always reach us at uh, PD Labs 512-219-0724 if you want to get a hold of Dr. Anthony Capazzo or any of his unique formulas. We'll be happy to uh, get you in touch with him. And, Doctor, we want to thank you so much for this, uh, for the, your help today. And we want men to get some help and get rid of some of the stigmas of the physician is going to be, the doctor is going to uh, make your life miserable, but it could just maybe change your life, right? I agree. Yeah. You, know, you, you, need to, you need to feel comfortable with who your health care provider is 100%. That's exactly right. I feel health care. It's not a scary world. It's, it's scary. It's sometimes scary what you don't know, but today it's, it's much different than it used to be, right? Uh, 100%. Well, Doctor, thanks again for listening, and we'll be back uh, for another edition of Healthy Choices XM. And check out our podcast, Healthy Choices XM, on iTunes. And, Doctor, do you have a, a website for you for you to do a podcast as well? It would be on this, on this network as well, right? Yes. Yeah, we do a podcast. It's um, called Top Health Docs. Uh, um, and uh, uh, we actually just did a podcast about... Um, men and testosterone a lot of the questions that um that we went over we go into a little more in depth with that so um please uh please listen to us um also i think you'll you'll really enjoy it um uh, we have a great we have a good time just like tonight that's right we are here so to spread the word so thank you again we'll, we'll be back for another edition of healthy choices xm Hi, I'm Ray Solano, pharmacist owner and clinical nutritionist of PD Labs Pharmacy and host of Healthy Choices XM radio and podcast. The month of May is part of Mental Health Awareness Month for our anxiety and depression. Let's review the facts. Anxiety. About 18% of the adult population in the United States is affected by anxiety disorders, and barely one-third of the people have anxiety disorders are receiving treatment for them, even though anxiety is a treatable condition. Depression is a very common condition that affects more than 16 million Americans and more than 300 million around the world. It is considered the top cause of disability worldwide. The important fact for everyone to understand is these conditions can be helped. It is so important to eliminate the stigma that people are comfortable to reach out and getting the help they need. The pharmacy team at PD Labs is prepared to do their part in educating people on the many options for patients today. One important option not widely publicized is the off-label use of low-dose naltrexone. Naltrexone is a medication that can be used for the treatment of opioid and alcohol addiction. The research was conducted in order to study the action of the drug showed that naltrexone can also be taken with patients suffering from severe depression. The results of the research were published in the Journal of Affective Disorders in January of 2017. Talk to your medical professional today about low-dose naltrexone. As a special offer for Family Talk 131 listeners, the pharmacists at PD Labs are offering free shipping and special pricing for patients prescribed for low-dose naltrexone. This is affordable to everyone. Call us today at 512-219-0724 and ask about low-dose naltrexone. Listen to my weekly podcast, Healthy Choices XM, listed on iTunes and on our website, pdlabsrx.com. Remember, you have a choice in healthcare. care.